Welcome to Supplier Experience Live from Hicks, where we explore all the latest topics, trends, and discussion points in the world of procurement, procurement technology, and supplier experience management. Hello, everyone, and glad to have you join us. Today, we're heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to speak to Anand Singh, who is the VP of Integrated Supply Chain at Sword Health. So, Anand, first of all, welcome. It's a pleasure to be able to connect. And maybe you could start off by letting us know a little bit about yourself, how you got into procurement and supply chain, and some of the projects you've been working on most recently. Sure. So, uh, it all started with my family business, uh, you know, um, of my father. He started an asset-based uh, third-party logistics and distribution company in India, in the East Coast. And uh, I was involved in the family business uh, since the age of 13. You know, my first job was to actually manage a very small fleet of two trucks, you know, uh, serving uh, some of our key clients. Uh, you know, it was more as a client like Hindustan Unilever, which is actually the Unilever uh, branch, uh, uh, you know, in India for the distribution operations. So I was just managing two trucks and, uh, you know, uh, overseeing uh, those two trucks and the return on the logistical assets for those two trucks. So it was very early on. And that's what kind of excited me to get into supply chain uh, before even supply chain was formally known as supply chain. You know, um, you know, I was pretty much uh, close to it because my father has a military background. So he comes uh, with a lot of experience in supply chain logistics from the Indian Army. So, um, so with that said, that was my foray, uh, you know, into supply chain and procurement operations. Uh, as of today, I think I'm pretty passionate about this area of business, uh, you know, and I'm sure the world has come to realize uh, how important this field of operations is uh, within business. Um, you know, no questions asked. Uh, uh, and uh, today, the projects I'm working on, uh, you know, is especially dealing with uh, integrated supply chain. You know, uh, looking at uh, what is the new model for supply chain. Uh, where we are moving away from the traditional supply chain models. So in the integrated supply chain model, you know, we are trying to um, set up supply chain in a way where there is a vertical and a horizontal integration. So the vertical integration is across the products of the company or the business units, and the horizontal integration is looking at all the different functions within the organization, starting from finance, accounting, uh, uh, you know, to marketing and all. So uh, 4.0 uh, industry 4.0 evolution has brought in a lot of new technologies, especially in the AIML space, and uh, you know, and supply chain plays a key role in leveraging those technologies. So that's where I'm looking at uh, at this moment in terms of uh, you know how we uh, make supply chain more sustainable and aligned uh, with the uh, evolution of industry 4.0. Fantastic. And actually, on that point, it'd be great then to hear some of your thoughts on perhaps the changes that you've seen taking place, because obviously, um, you know, given your uh, experience in this space, I expect you've seen quite a lot change. You mentioned Industry 4.0 there, the new technologies and, and so on. So I'm sure uh, people would be eager to hear, actually, what are some of the key differences that you now see as we kind of move into the next era? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I have worked in uh, you know two uh, specific uh, industries within sp specific sectors. I would say, 
Uh, one is the fast moving consumer goods, uh, more on the uh, consumer packaged goods side. And then, uh, you know, within the uh, healthcare industry, uh, you know, on the medical device sector. So the fundamental uh, difference, you know, or the evolution, what has happened between the FMCG and the healthcare uh, is the degree of uh, strict regulations, you know, uh, durability and uh, shelf life of products. You know, that's the fundamental difference between a medical device and any CPG products, which we call as FMCG. Uh, you know, FMCG and CPG uh, mostly have a very shorter shelf life, less durable, and, uh, you know, that that industry, that sector, uh, you know, was actually the first movers uh, into continuously trying to learn and adjust to more of a just-in-time concept. You know, they were trying to be uh, the first movers in early engagement in uh, predicting uh, consumer behavior uh, uh, so that they can avoid, you know, excess inventory and waste uh, in the process. Meanwhile, within the healthcare industry and the med device sector, uh, you know, the supply chains have evolved more into an integrated model. You know, uh, not that the uh, FMCG didn't do that. I think uh, the med device companies have done better on that uh, from that standpoint uh, because it's a very closed loop supply chain. Uh, you know, you are sourcing uh, to manufacture. Once you manufacture, you are, you know, uh, Putting your product out uh, there for in the market, the, those devices last for several years, and and then you know there is a trade-in value of those devices, uh, which uh, is also there, uh, and there is a you know a returns process and a repairs process which comes in to close the loop. So so with that said, uh, you know the med device has also involved with the industry 4.0 where there's a you know heavy leverage of AI ML and other predictive tools, uh, you know, upstream and downstream supply chain. And uh, and most of these devices are basically uh, Internet of Things, they're IoT. Uh, so they're getting a lot of good information uh, on, I won't say consumer behavior uh, per se, but patient behavior uh, in terms of how they're using these devices. And accordingly, the med device companies are planning uh, uh, ahead of time as to how they can make the product better. So, so that's where the evolution has happened. You know, one had a first mover's advantage in terms of how they want to predict consumer behavior, and the other one, which is the med device, uh, you know, sector, uh, they have been really good in integrating and creating a very new model, a closed loop model within the supply chain. Of course, and and I just wondered actually, talking about um, you mentioned there AI and tools um, and areas such as that. But also, of course, um, most recently, there have been some perhaps more significant disruptions than we've seen in previous decades. Here, I'm thinking uh, COVID, for instance, there's been things like the Suez Canal blockage. Have you seen that accelerate the way in which these technologies are being used and deployed? Or how have you seen that impact your sort of day to day? Yeah, I mean, so to begin with, I would say events will happen. You know, uh, the pandemic and the rear view mirror was very predictable. If you ask people, oh, I could have predicted that, uh, but we didn't. You know, um, we missed, uh, uh, you know, what we miss today is in events planning. Uh, you know, we overlook the most obvious scenarios uh, because they are too predictable to be true. 
you know, um, I, I believe supply chains across industries and sectors should be focusing on mapping, you know, the different black swan events more holistically and uh, consider how the most obvious events could connect the dots to something bigger uh, that has not been thought about or is in the prediction or is not in the prediction roadmap. So long story short, uh, you know, the industry was not prepared for it, I would say. Uh, you know, or I should say the world of business in general, uh, and uh, it's still not prepared. Why? Because um, the way we are trying to leverage technology today, we are talking about these different technologies out there, and we are still trying to innovate something new instead of trying to integrate. So I think, you know, today, uh, whether I speak in terms of the world of supply chain or procurement or or some other areas of the business or functions of the business, we need to start looking at the technology, what we have on hand, taking that in and seeing how well we can integrate that technology into our business. So we have to spend more time integrating than just trying to innovate. So th th that's my thought. And if we can start doing that, I think we will start to realize that, uh, you know, we, we will be better prepared uh, than just trying to innovate something new versus using what we have. Absolutely. And, and just on that point, actually, because you mentioned these different tools, there is that integration aspect. And one of the things that we have seen is the term best of breed technology being used. Of course, these tools mean that um, there are specific tools that deal with specific use cases. So more of these are entering the market. And as you say, there is integration that's required there. So. I was wondering, what are your thoughts in terms of the readiness, really, of the industry for that kind of modern best of breed style de deployment of technologies? Is that something you're seeing and how, how do you see that sort of changing how enterprises are working? Yeah, I mean, there is definitely best of breed technology out there, right? Uh, there, There is technology out there uh, which has been um, uh, launched and innovated uh, a decade back, and they're making improvements, uh, you know, step changes to that. Um, and there are uh, new innovations uh, and technologies out there, whether you talk in terms of software as service platforms or, or uh, infrastructure as service platforms, uh, different technologies are out there and they are new, uh, they're trying to scale up. But the most important part when we talk about technologies, we need to better understand the key stakeholders and the people involved in the game. Because when we talk about technology, we are just thinking uh, to, it to be in terms of a non-existing human brain. You know, we call it the artificial intelligence, but that artificial intelligence is actually powered by the human intelligence, right? So technology only enables what we plug in as inputs. So inputs are basically for me, the way I look at it is collaborative human interactions and ideas without biases. So as I said, we have many innovations in place and now we need to integrate innovations with unbiased human ideas, uh, you know, to be better prepared for the next, you know, pandemic or a global event. Um, but also we should be cognizant about the fact that it only takes, uh, you know, few hours for the world to shut down. It already happened, you know, and, and we should be very aware of that. And uh, we need to understand what are those extreme factors. And this is where, uh, you know, the human interaction across industries, across sectors, uh, you know, across functions uh, need to happen. 
and uh, and a more rational approach will then evolve uh, you know to have a design and a systems thinking in supply chain so with the best breed technology as you mentioned uh, you know short answer to that is yes it exists what is more important is how well this best breed technology is communicated to the people who are going to be using it number 1 and number 2 um, the adoption you know the adoption rate of a newer technology is only dependent on the fact it's the key fact is the learning curve uh, of this technology for uh, you know the user so i think that's a that's a very tricky situation because these technologies are very high end uh, it requires a lot of input it requires a lot of uh, uh, um, um, you know uh, human understanding of how it works and what it does so it's not that easy to say, OK, I can improve, uh, you know, um, the learning curve so much that somebody can learn in an hour or two. Uh, but still, that is what the focus should be for tech companies, uh, whether they're developing supply chain uh, tech innovations or anything else within technology frame. I think it's a really interesting point you bring up around the, uh, the people using it, uh, keeping those users in mind. And of course, you mentioned the adoption part as well. And I think that there's obviously when we think about supply chain, there's an added complication here, which is it's not just the buying enterprise side. Of course, we also have to think about the suppliers who will be interacting and using these systems as well. So we do have that extra complication. So I wondered, do you also think that that supplier's perspective, given perhaps the increase in collaboration that is desired, you'll see that also being considered more you know, suppliers' perspective being listened to more in the in the future, and therefore also having the supplier perspective in mind when technologies are being deployed. I just wondered what your thoughts on some of those areas were. That is, that's a fantastic question. To be very honest, because um, in this whole process of what we are trying to adapt to, called as the new normal. We always forget about the fact that we have a very important stakeholder sitting at the very top of the supply chain, and that's the supplier, right? Uh, <clears throat> the supplier is, you know, one of those partners who can actually be, uh, you know, your greatest partner in helping you get su be successful, or it could be, you know, the worst. Uh, where uh, you know you will be losing a lot of business because the quality of your products is going to be really poor. So with that said, I say yes, absolutely yes. Uh, supplier's voice has to be heard. Uh, whether you are selecting a new technology, number one, number two, or you're trying to make a decision as to how you want to improve your upstream and downstream supply chain. So for that say, you know, um, whether it's a hardware, or a software if you look at two things you know either we are selling something which is tangible or something which is intangible uh, no matter what supplier perspective um, you know has a lot of importance there because end of the day their output is your raw material and if they know their output which is your raw material very well and what changes could be done to it uh, to enhance uh, you know your product in the in the near term as well as in the long term so so from a supply chain perspective if you think about it you know we have to focus on the product development launch and maintenance which is the pdlm process and this is a very 
important process, which we also could term it as life cycle management. Within this life cycle management, you know, everything which goes in an input is actually coming from your key suppliers, right? So whether you have a physical product which you need to enhance and develop, uh, whether it's an NPI or an end of life product, your supplier plays a big role in working with you to decide how your business could do things more seamlessly where the impact to your customer or your consumer is the least. So, so with that said, yes, if there is a new technology which we are going to leverage to enhance a supply chain to optimize our operations, our suppliers need to be connected to that, not only from a decision-making standpoint as a partner, but also somewhere within that system, they should have certain visibility and they should play a role because if they're not part of that journey, uh, honestly, you cannot blame them uh, you know, in the future if things are not going right uh, in terms of their supplier, delivery, quality, uh, you know, all those standards. So yes, uh, short answer, yes. And, and we should look at some of these uh, you know, wonderful companies like Toyota. Toyota's relationship with their supplier is so strong that uh, you know even when a tsunami happens, the supplier stands up for them. So there is a reason why you know there is this human interaction. I keep on bringing back. This is a people relationship. Supply chain is all about people. Business is about people, and suppliers are human beings. They are not AIs. And uh, having that uh, live conversation, getting to know what their priorities are, what your priorities are, keeping that straight in making decisions what technology you want to leverage next and making them a part of the journey is going to be key for success. I think that's a, a great point there, especially around one to bear in mind uh, and keep front and center um, is that aspect that you're absolutely right. It's at the end of the day, it's human relationships that we're talking about here. So you may have technology as an enabler, but it comes down to those uh, those human relationships, but for sure. and. Actually, sort of expanding on that and, and thinking about the some of the topics that we've covered, it'd be great to know what the future holds for you in terms of what are your next projects that you're looking to to work on? What are you looking to achieve with uh, with some of those? Sure. So for for me uh, personally, uh, you know, I would uh, look at it two ways. One it, uh, from a professional standpoint and the other one from a personal standpoint. Professionally, my goal is to look at how I can enhance uh, the new uh, integrated supply chain model I have within my current organization, which is Sword Health. Uh, Sword Health is a digital uh, therapy, uh, you know, uh, provider. Uh, you know, they're pretty big in terms of, um, you know, the market uh, we are in, which is the DTX. Uh, you know, now we are getting into connected care and other devices, uh, which is looking at a holistic pain management. Now, the goal there is that, okay, we, we have certain uh, processes in place, and then we have the traditional supply chain model. And to break that silo and create a more end-to-end uh, -end model where you know the silo doesn't exist, it's more of an open office uh, uh, idea where uh, there's a lot of transparency, or I should say in short, there is more com better communication, uh, cooperation and collaboration across the value chain uh, you know, of the organization because supply chain is an enabling function. So if we are going to enable, well, we have to think from a process standpoint. We have to think from a people standpoint, 
right? The processes we have are actually driven by the people, and then people are actually leveraging technology or platform to actually make uh, work more productive uh, and and uh, you know help scale more. So that is basically from a professional standpoint, you know, how I can help uh, bring the right kind of technology which will give visibility, which will uh, improve uh, uh, traceability, uh, you know, uh, of our products, of our devices, uh, and at the same time, more accountability uh, across the value chain of the organization. From a personal standpoint, you know, uh, I would like to take these experiences, what I had, uh, you know, uh, in my past life with, uh, you know, Cooper Tires uh, in the automotive side, which is now part of Goodyear, uh, and then Philips Healthcare for a long time, you know, nine and a half years, and now with uh, SWORD. Uh, I want to take all these experiences and, uh, you know, teach the next generation, you know, in terms of um, the human side of supply chain, uh, you know, and, and how that interacts with the, uh, the uh, non-human or the AI uh, of technologies. So that is more important for me. And at the same time, you know, leverage uh, my learnings and knowledges and my contacts in a way where I start looking at uh, private public ventures which are out there and how I can contribute to that. Um, so today we are talking about a pandemic, uh, you know, and it's still uh, not yet in the rear view mirror fully. We are still kind of seeing it. It's a part of our life, it's a new normal. But at the same time, other issues are evolving, you know, which we are not aware of. There are droughts happening in many countries. There's food insecurity, which is going to uh, grow over a period of time. So this food supply chain, the food security, you know, uh, our world population has grown to be 8 billion. You know, by the time you blink your eyes, it will be 10. So, so all that thing when, you know, it's so predictable, and that's why we don't think that this could be something big for us to shut the world down tomorrow. I want to start focusing on those kind of events also. Doing that, I can bring that knowledge back to my professional life also, because now I'm interacting with people across different industries, sectors, and functions to gain more insight uh, and uh, ideas as to what's coming next. Well, I think these are going to be some truly fascinating endeavors. So I'm really looking forward to um, tracking how that goes for you and, and hearing the news from you and I'm also sure you've raised many topics actually some of which are quite involved themes as well as we've been talking which I'm sure our audience would like to perhaps go into more detail with you so uh, the last question I have for you is if people want to continue the the conversation with you or pick up on any of these ideas or topics that, that we've been talking about what's the the best way for them to uh, to do that absolutely so I have my email and then my LinkedIn. I would love to connect with people, um, not to only talk about these topics and issues, uh, but also see that, uh, you know, whatever they have to offer, how, you know, those individuals could benefit in getting connected with someone else who can leverage, you know, uh, th those offerings, whether it's a product or a solution. So I think we have to open ourselves up more to uh, helping the community at large, uh, rather than trying to play our cards very close because we did that and we saw what happened and uh, we don't want to repeat uh, you know history again uh, there's a saying that you know history only repeats if you're too foolish not to change fantastic i think a, a great 
piece of advice to uh, to end on there as well. So, and and look, thank you so much for joining this afternoon. It was uh, great to speak to you, and as I say, look forward to uh, to hearing your news as uh, as you progress. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button. Or for more information about us, visit our website www.pix.com.